0: Hello, welcome to chapter three podcast, our final episode, the show for readers of science fiction, fantasy and romance. This is season three, episode 24. And our, our final episodes, so we're all here together to talk about our best and worst books of the year to kind of finish things out. We've had a good run. And um, it's always fun at the end of the year to talk about this. It's oh, and, and we had just decided because apparently there was some big thing that happened that I was not on my radar that they're going to tell me about for bonus content for patrons
1: <laughs> i'm sure that you the patrons already know about this it's only bethany that will be learning about yeah, this. Yeah, learn about. This I, you know what
0: i feel like though it is not uncommon for there to be like these random things that i'm just unfamiliar with for whatever reason because they weren't in whatever i was consuming yeah Unreal. yeah i guess that's true that's wild because i feel like i could not escape it for like a solid week
1: that's because so then idiotic. all the people reacting to it and trying to like yeah basically plagiarize content because they're like reacting to it you know but like oh. it was just the entire internet for at least a week after it dropped and then it's still yeah especially in it.
0: spaces like here where we're like creators ourselves i feel like i don't that's know that's what surprised me about you not hearing about it yeah so. no like i'm just i haven't seen it at all yeah, like but if- i
1: mean if somebody like at work doesn't know about like who J- H Bomber Guy is, I'm like, okay, well, that's that's yeah. that's normal, <laughs> <But Yeah>. like. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I well, I think maybe just because I'm the stuff that I'm seeing and getting is different. I don't I don't know. I mean, I just
1: generally recommend Age Bomber Guy's channel. Like I knew about like I was following him before this happened, but like I didn't expect everyone necessarily to know who he is, but this video <laughs> everybody knows about this yes. video. Thirteen million views. I just I don't know. And that's 13 million in a month, not like in a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. I mean, we're going to talk about this. later. I want to see to it about now. it. Later. It's, it's, fine. Fine. it's fine. It's They're fine. They're going to
0: tell me all about it and figure out what, why I'm. I had a lot going on last. Because month.
1: your your algorithm is broken. Apparently, <laughs> Apparently, I am
0: getting very specific things in my algorithms. So. Anyway, we're going to talk about our best and worst of
1: the year. Do we want to start with worst? So the worst of the year. How James Summerton. He's the worst of the year. Are we
0: doing? That's my question. I mean, I came with five of each, but that may be too much.
1: I came with five like three of
0: each. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it depends on how much we talk about them, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, we do worse. We can start with worse. Let's be negative. I love being negative. It's fun. Let's only do worst, in fact. Let's not talk about best at all. No best,
1: only worst. Maybe at the very, very book. end we'll be like, throw you a bone, we'll, we sh- we'll give you a good yeah. one. There were
0: a couple good books,
1: you know. <laughs> 2023 <laughs> was kind of a worst year. We're not really like... <laughs> there were good books year. Too. There were some
0: good, good things. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, who wants to go? I don't know the best order to do this in... I, can, I don't know. I have, like, a, quite a few pretty bad ones, so. Go for it. You go first, and we'll just kind of go around. Okay. Well, okay. So, one that is, like, bad and disappointing mm-hmm. was The Witch and the Vampire by Francesca Flores, because this was supposed to be, like, a queer Rapunzel retelling that I was like, ooh, that sounds cool. It was not really a Rapunzel retelling, like, Barely. It was a stretch. And it was so poorly written. Um, I just, it was, it was not good at all. And it was very hyped. It looked pretty, but it would do weird. Okay. So like one example, it would do weird stuff because it didn't really give you any context for this relationship or why we should, we should care about the backstory of these two friend mm-hmm. characters who become love interests. So, like, two-thirds of the way through the book, there's this scene where all of a sudden we find out about this scarf in one of the girls' bags and that this scarf has all this history and meaning for their relationship. Never in the book before this moment has the scarf been mentioned. Just all of a sudden. It's stuff like that. It's the scarf, Bethany.
1: This is the
0: scarf. The scarf. scarf. How do you not know about the scarf? I know. Was the scarf
1: known. like an H-Bomber guy situation? Everybody else knew about the scarf. <laughs> you, except the you reader. It? <laughs> Bethany did not.
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I was very excited about it. It was not well written and it was not a Rapunzel retelling. Like, I think the marketers were just looking for a way to make it sound interesting because it was so boring. Um, like, the only thing that was at all similar is, like, the first couple chapters of the book, maybe you could stretch it to say it's, like, loosely Rapunzel-inspired, but pretty quickly, that's not what the book's about. So, yeah. She's held captive by her mom and stepdad, and then she escapes. Two chapters. I think I got this arc on Libro, so I can't wait to DNF it. It's not good. (laughs) Because I'll probably try it and then DNF it. Um, I have... Uh, we'll do a mysterious society of lady scoundrels. I know Bethany dnf'd this. I should have dnf'd this. The longer I sit on this book, the angrier I get, which is terrible. I hate that. Like, I, would I was told a
1: book would be pretty painful, so you should probably stop sitting on it. You might be less <laughs> probably. Angry if you... Probably,
0: but you know what? That's what this book deserves. You should sit on it, stomp on it, throw it in the trash, maybe burn it. I don't know. Don't actually burn it. Like, donate it, whatever. But it's the environment. To be- yeah, screw the environment, whatever. I've got like four inches of snow head in my way. I don't believe anything anymore. <laughs> like, nothing we do is going to change that. Um, this is a steampunk historical. And I used to read like the back in the day, there was like kind of a heyday of steampunk romances in like, I don't know, 2011, 2012. And I was reading those and I loved them. So I was really excited. I was like, heck yeah, we're we're back in it. And I read this book and it was so nonsensical. It didn't make any, like, plotting, there was, like, just nothing. Like, you couldn't follow a story. No. And, like, I'm down for, like, a, a weird time, generally speaking. But this was so just, like, nonsensical and boring at the same time while trying to be interesting. I feel I was, so validated I just, because this is exactly what I said in my DNF review. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I finished it. I gave it, a, like, a two and a half. Yeah. But, like, honestly, like, the longer I go, the more it's, like, a two, maybe a one and a half. Like, I, I, like, it didn't deliver on anything that I was wanting, which was, like, a, like, weird time of a steampunk book, you know? And, like, fun romance. Instead, I was just, like, I'm bored and also confused. It was just so bad. And a lot of people I know really liked it. So I was just, like, why Why did they like this? And it just did not work for me. Thank you. All. I'm so glad I'm not the only one. No. When I didn't like it and I saw your DNF, I was like, oh, thank God. Okay. Somebody else I know. Because it's fully split on my Goodreads. Like, people that loved it and people that hated it. And I was like, well, y'all are wrong.
1: (laughs) Clearly. Well, if we're talking um, unpopular opinions, um, Wolf Hall by Hilary Mantel, which – is apparently universally regarded as a masterpiece, is trash. Um, so that's my hot take. Um, and everyone, who, I feel like people who read it and think it's good, I'm not saying it's impossible for a single human being to read it and think that it's good, but I honestly think there's a bit of, like, an Emperor's New Clothes situation going on, where it's, like, it's so well-researched and it's so intellectual. And, like, don't you know, Hillary Mantel, like, she basically lived in the Tudor era. That's how much she knows about Tudor history. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are like oh how brilliant how wonderful what a masterpiece and it's like did you actually enjoy it are you just too embarrassed to be like people will think I'm dumb if I say I didn't enjoy this book it was it's clearly a masterpiece and it's like it's not though <laughs> it's a terrible novel like I she certainly knows her history I do not disagree but knowing your history does not a good novel make so go write a non-fiction book go lance that uh Academic boil that you have and, and write some lovely nonfiction. That's
0: all. I've never heard of this book in my life. <laughs> Wolf Hall? So obviously, nope, never heard it's of it. We're obviously in different is. spaces. <laughs> I know. It won. It this won is won funny. Won. I was like, I
1: have no idea what this book is, but I love this. This is great. Go write a nonfiction. Man, the Man Booker Prize. It won the Man Booker Prize.
0: Not my. Nope. That is not a thing I pay attention to. No. <laughs> That is a a I am not reading that book. Let me go the other direction. (laughs) I'm not smart enough for those books. Not really, but that's how I feel sometimes. Clearly, I'm not either. (laughs) Clearly. Clearly, You
1: you just didn't get it, Liana. You didn't get it. That's it. That's it. That's definitely it. Okay. Um,
0: all right. Well, what? so one of these, actually, one of my worst of the year is something we read for Blades and Bodice Rippers. <laughs> splendid by Julia Quinn it was so terrible. Um, it was her debut novel. I hated it so much. Um, it's like the consent. So you don't is... think that it was perfectly splendid. It was not <laughs> splendid. It was the father's thing from Splendid. <laughs> It was just, I hated it so much. I didn't want the couple to be together at all. And I mean, I know, I know, I don't know. I think there were better things even coming out in the mid nineties in terms of consent, because it's like this young virginal woman who like say is dressed as a maid and saves the nephew of this duke. And so to thank her, I guess, like he has her and puts her in his carriage and is like kissing her without permission. But who cares? Because she's a maid and he's a duke. So it doesn't matter. But then he finds out who she really is and at a party goes uninvited into her bedroom and is like pushing more physical stuff on her. And she's saying no, but he can tell she likes it. So it doesn't matter. And he keeps going. He's just horrible. And she gives up her dreams of running her father's shipping company to be with this man. It was, you know, like, there's fun older historicals and, like, older romances, and then there's ones that you read like that that you're just like, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> well, it's not. It's like, who is this for? <laughs> yeah. Not me. And it, at no moment did I want them together, or did I ever like him? So, that was a no. I love it. Um, I'll do Things okay. We hide From The Light by Lucy's Four for my next one. Uh, this is a cop romance. Unfortunately, I had to read it because of Goodreads thing. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, I was hoping the third book would get picked, but it didn't. And I just, I have such an issue with current contemporary romances and the like unstoppable authors who like are just like, yes, my book should be over five hundred pages. You absolutely do need a sixteen plus hour audiobook for my book. It hundred percent has to be over five hundred pages and is like lacking all substance all plot 30 some year old characters maybe 40 I don't remember how old they are in this one they're definitely in their 30s who act like they're 19 mm, and then on top of that like the characters were not the same as they were in the first book like if you read if you read the first Lucy Score book you meet both of them and they're just completely different people in this book because they're like in the other book enough that you're like okay I kind of get a feel for who they are And then you're reading this one and you're like, is this the same? Are these the same people? Because I don't think these are the same people. And, like, she had an opportunity to explore, like, some interesting things with, like, PTSD and, like, traumatic events in this. And she just droned on about nothing for 500 pages. It was so bad. It was so bad. And I really am. I'm, like, at the point of, like, if your book is over 500 pages, why? Like, in a contemporary romance, why? What are you doing? In a contemporary romance, yeah. I like mean, in a contemporary romance, like what, what are what are we doing? And it's 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 rampant. If you pick up like half of the new releases, they're all over five hundred pages. I feel like a lot of them are not being edited adequately. That I don't know if some of it's also just like K U page turns. Get um, your get your K Kindle unlimited rate, get a better rate, right? Because like I'll read a five hundred page fantasy or a sci-fi. Like those those I can that's you know, yeah that can work. But like a contemporary romance Mm-mm. that's 500 plus pages is like, gouge my eyes out, please and thank you. But yeah, Lucy score needs to be stopped is what I came away with. I was like, you need to be stopped. We we cannot keep doing this. I have not read her, but she's not high on my to read list. So. You will not like her books. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm only in until I read this third book in the series and then I'm done with her. Like We're done. I, I have to know how this couple resolves, so I was like, okay. You're okay. going to read the third book and then we're breaking up. Welcome. It's our last episode. Um, Okay, Liana, do you have another worst? Well,
1: if we're doing books that are too long, did not need to be that long. <laughs> the Priority oh, of the yeah. Orange Tree by Samantha Shannon. It's one of the absolute worst fantasy books I've ever read in my life and it's 800 pages. <laughs> oh my god. No. <laughs> it's a thick one. Every I time know. I see that book,
0: I'm like, "That's too big. I, I mean, I see. liked it, but it do- It should have been two books.
1: I it, think. actually, it could have been one book and that book could have been 300 pages and it would have achieved, that would still be too many pages for the plot that's in that book. But like, <laughs> and I'm all for like a long book that like, if like, I think this is what, how I described it when like I first finished reading it. Mm. Um, Like if a book is 800 pages, that's perfectly fine. If it's 800 pages because that is the absolute shortest that it could possibly be like we have chopped it down to essentials and it needs the full 800 pages because like we've truly like this is every single page is vital and we tried to make it shorter and it's got to be 800 and it's packed but like no it's 800 pages of just like just does not need to be there
0: fair i mean i enjoyed it but like i it could have been shorter i mean so
1: yeah fair. well and if i had felt that it was doing like really really intense deep dive character stuff like robin hobb Mm -hmm. books are really long and if you were like what's the plot of these books could we tell this plot in a shorter amount of pages but the robin hobb book absolutely you could be like yeah 200 pages you can knock Mm -hmm. this plot out but we're doing like deep dives into the psyches of these characters Priory is not doing that either so no, that's, like that's what true. are we doing for 800 pages <laughs> torture year obviously
0: <laughs> just like i'm getting tortured with 500 page contemporary romances they're like this is what you want no it's not no one asked for this oh man okay well so there's a book that is it- I thought it was going to be better because it was shorter than this author's last book, which I thought was too long, but it was worse, actually. (laughs) Um, And that is Fractal Noise by Christopher Paolini. It's set in the same, it's sci-fi, it's set in the same universe as to Sleep in the Sea of Stars, but they're not really directly connected. That one I liked okay, but it was way too long. This one was much shorter, but not good. It's like, and and he says too, apparently it was based on a dream he had. And I'm like, I guess I, okay. (laughs) Um, So the main character is this guy who's grieving the loss of his wife, which like somebody could do well, but until very far into the book, the reader is never given a reason to really care about their relationship or the wife. So he comes across as just really whiny, because you're in his head the whole time. And he's just constantly thinking about how sad he is all the time. Meanwhile, he's with a team of people exploring this alien planet to like look at a, a thing. And they're making really stupid decisions that get people hurt and killed and doing dumb stuff. So it's like going back and forth between like, doing stupid things when you're supposed to be professionals and like badly written side characters. And then him w- whining about his wife who we don't know that much about until pretty far into the book. And like the ending I think is supposed to be sort of this like catharsis for grief, but it just didn't, I was like, what, what are we doing? What was the point of all this? This was, it was kind of dumb. And the side characters were badly written. One of them is like a, um. they're, they're kind of what, what's the word? Like, over overblown stereotypes. One of them is clearly supposed to be Russian. He has a really bad like form of speaking, but he's like atheist and like militantly so and always fighting with this woman who's like this like super religious person. And for whatever reason, they're constantly getting into these big fights with each other over whether or not God is real. And I'm like, why are we doing this? It was a weird book. And I didn't think it was well written. I, I don't know what we were doing with that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. This is why I love everyone's least favorite videos, though. I love hearing, like, why a thing was bad. It's so fun. <laughs> it, was, it was not, not good. Uh, on Badly Written, we have a to the villain that I picked up because I didn't hate her skits on TikTok. I thought they were cute. But it's so bad. It did not translate. They didn't give her like developmental edits or anything. I feel like as a first time author, which is what she needed. And like, it was just so weird. It was like, it was so badly plotted and then badly marketed also. Cause they acted like it was going to be like this steamy romance and nothing. But like, maybe a kiss happens in the first book. So it's like a slow burn three, like trilogy, which I'm fine with. But like, also, don't sit here and act like this is going to be some hot book that it is not. And then, like, it just, it was so bad, it was so weird. I never thought I would like, I don't know, I, this. It made me. That's this is the book that made me start questioning. Red, uh, Red Tower. Red Tower. Yeah, this is the book that made me go. I don't know if I can trust anything you're picking up, and what you're deciding to develop because you literally were like these skits you do are funny, let's translate it to a book, but also, we're just going to kind of throw you to the wolves, because we didn't, like, help you can just tell, like, there was no, like, plotting, developmentally editing stuff happening to, like, carry the story that much Mm -hmm. instead it was just like, "Mm, here's a cliffhanger and I was like, I'm good, I'm good I am never touching one of these again and I question every single person I see that likes the book I'm like, are you are you sure? And it's adult, and it reads, like, you know, like, back when Twilight and things were being published, and we got, like, some really questionable YA books, because, like, YA was coming back in, like, big time? Yeah. It read, like, one of those. Like, it was 100% a, like, badly published YA book of the 2000s. Oh, no. That's, that's I what it read. Her, I was gifted a copy of it, so. Like, oh, no. Well, I would love to know if you like it. If you, I know some people have enjoyed it and thought it was fun, but yeah, I want and it. I like her skits. I think her skits. I still think her skits are cute. I just think like I don't think you can just ha- be like, yeah, take this thing you do and turn it into a book. Does that make like you know what I mean? Like I don't think she had the experience to right. the practice of writing to do it because it just read it read weirdly young for an adult book, yeah. and also was just like, yikes. I bought it, and I am trading it into McKay's, like, next week, so <laughs> that's, that's where I am. I was like, this is leaving my house immediately. Okay. It was so bad. It was so
1: disappointing. <laughs> it's too bad. Well, speaking of expectations, and then the book not living up to those expectations, <clears throat> The Adventures... No, did I? Yeah, I read that. It's yeah, right? The Adventures of Amina el Saravi. You didn't like it. <laughs> of course. Well, like the author's note in the beginning is like, (laughs) I did all of this research and I've done my best to, you know, research these things. But of course I have here and there taken liberties. And I'm like, okay, cool. This is going to be a researched book. This is like, she's like asking for forgiveness that it's not perfectly historical, like historically accurate. Cool. (laughs) And I was like, where? Where? what research at what point was any of this even requiring research (laughs) like there's nothing about this historically or nautically or socially or like anything (laughs) remotely resembling (laughs) research so like if it just didn't have that author's note like it still wouldn't be a me book like it wouldn't be a book that I would love it's never like it's I wasn't the target audience for it right but having written that author's note it's like you have set my expectations to expect a thing that this is not. <laughs> so don't do that. <laughs> Fair
0: enough. It's like it, even if you did do research, maybe just don't mention it if it's if you took a lot of liberties, I guess.
1: Well, or research was like not like it's not like I, there was a bunch of stuff that. I mean, I guess I could say this is wrong, but it was just so, like, uh, uh, like divorced from anything requiring research, that it's like, you've just made up your own thing entirely. Like, there's yeah. nothing about this. It's like, well, this is correct, except this would have been this. This is correct, except this would have been... Just the whole thing. None of this would be any like, of this. Is like,
0: <laughs> it like, the dude bros don't, like, attack her?
1: I mean, I... Yeah, says, I don't know. But, like, what dude bro is reading I mean Al-Sarafi to fact check it? Like... <laughs>
0: I don't know I just that's all I can assume like I'm like if some or some weird dude bros like fact checking her all the time and we you don't know, know about it I don't know that's entirely possible um yes no there will not be a season four for the podcast at least in the for with nothing planned at this point so maybe one day but for now this is the end so yeah we've got other stuff we're working on which is cool and yes I do think, unfortunately, there has been bad or insufficient editing and development of quite a few books. Yeah, not everything, but it is unfortunate. Um. Okay, so I have, like, I came with, like, my top five worst. So I have, like, my top two left. <laughs> maybe we can get through it. We're doing pretty good, actually. Like... Or do we want to pivot to
1: to good books?
0: Yeah, maybe let's, I guess we could just do... One or two. I might just like quickly talk about both of these together. And what, then... why
1: don't we just finish out worst and then do all best? all the best? Okay.
0: All right. Um. So I did not like Artemis by Andy Weir. I th- and you know it's funny. <clears throat> I think last year, Project Hail Mary was one of my worst of the year list. But but at least Project Hail Mary just wasn't. I didn't enjoy it. But at least it wasn't like. Offensive. (laughs) Whereas Artemis, I it was just I thought it was really terrible. It had so like like sexist, racist, slut shaming stuff. It's got a female main character who is Muslim but not practicing, and it was done very poorly. And I'm like, dude, stick to writing white men. Which I guess he maybe got that message because Project Hail Mary was another white male protagonist, which I think is probably a good choice for him but yeah i just i couldn't get past and like the i don't know there were just so many weird things in that book that he said like there was a a line where she goes to see somebody who's depressed and it's like she could tell that she was sad about something because she was wearing her hair in a loose ponytail Women who aren't trying wear their hair in loose ponytails. That's
1: how you can tell that I'm not having a good day, is, right? Is, that's <laughs> exactly. My hair Always can confirm. If, if any bit of my hair is pulled up, it's
0: just it's a bad day.
1: Right. Right. I don't know. It was. It had. I'm a wondering, was his sensitivity though. reader on this Haruki Murakami? <laughs>
0: very possibly. Very possibly. Well, and also the main character, and like it's the, this weird thing where she ended up on the streets because she had sex with her boyfriend when she was 16 and then he turned out to be this horrible person and it ruined her whole life and because she was promiscuous sex at 16 really does ruin everyone's life
1: yeah i mean as ariel said i'm 16 years old i'm not a child and also it was like weird that he there were like a lot of like just
0: like descriptions of her early sex life and stuff and i'm like dude you're like a 40 something year old white like dude why writing about like the so
1: never night
0: yeah it was giving never night it was weird it was weird i did not like it i'm looking at my list Yeah. uh, Um. I don't know. Does everybody have one or two left? Because I have one other one. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can do, I can do two more. Do you want to do your second one, and then we'll just do two, and then go back to yeah. Switch. Okay. Okay. Go for it. All right. My other one was Hidden Pictures by Jason Rekulak, which uh, I read because people on my Goodreads harassed me into it because they kept saying you shouldn't say that you think it's transphobic if you haven't actually read it. And so I was like, okay, fine. I'll read it and take detailed notes and make an in-depth video review of it. It was even worse than I thought it was gonna be. Yes, the twist ending is in fact transphobic and it's full of all these conservative dog whistles. And it was not good. I did not like it. And people are still commenting on that review and video trying to fight with me about it. And I'm like, you know what? (laughs) Like whatever, It it won the Goodreads Choice Awards for horror. And i have people being like well i'd like to hear an actual trans person's perspective and i'm thinking just look at the rest of the comments there are actual trans people commenting about how terrible it is so like there you go but okay i'm pretty sure there's reviews on goodreads from trans people oh, as well
1: about yeah. how bad this
0: book is so just like go scroll for two seconds people are mad it's
1: but it won the goodreads choice award therefore it is in fact a good book those are the rules
0: Obviously, because right. that's how that works. Every
1: Goodreads Choice winner is obviously a good book. Yeah, it won. It is a good book. Fact. That's mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know why you're still fighting about this. It just seems silly to me. Like it's true. You've I been mean, proven yeah, wrong, Andy, Bethany. You're all.
0: I think Artemis also won. The
1: <laughs> so you've been proven wrong twice, Bethany. I think it's time to just mm-hmm. acknowledge that you are factually wrong. I, I must be. I mm-hmm. yes, clearly. Uh,
0: okay. okay. Um. I have, okay, so last year was my year that I actually had to read Colleen Hoover because Goodreads projects we did. (laughs) So I didn't put these in my worst of year because I was like, well, this feels like a cop out to be like, hey, um, here's Colleen Hoover's I read and hated. You know, it's fine. Uh, So I just, I figured I'll talk about them here for a minute. You know, I had to read Confess, um, which was like this weird teen pregnancy book or young pregnancy book. And, like, her ex's, like, the baby daddy's brother or something wanted to marry her and would, like, harass her. And, of course, he was a cop. Like, go figure. And then she ended up with this other weird kid who, like, whose dad was, like, an alcoholic. So that was a weird time. And then, like, I read It Ends With Us. And that was just, like, I don't know, the weirdest book ever. And I understand why it works for some people and why they connect with, like, the story of abuse in it. But, like i just found myself wanting to scream the entire time because then i just think about the people who root for the hero that is abusive and i don't i don't understand how you can root for him in any capacity or are you not team damon well also the fact that she casually like thinks it's fine to give joint custody of her kids Mm -hmm. to her abusive ex yeah like that yeah great parenting choice there I'm indifferent on the Vampire Diaries as far as whose team I'm on. That Thank rotate, you for acknowledging. That's <laughs> fine I was like, I had to like finish my thought process on it. It Is With Us. Uh, Cold Medicine does a number on you. It's fine. And then Without Merit was like this weird like near step-sibling cousiny romance situation. And I just like, I'd, I'd previously read Colleen Hoover like 2010-ish probably like back in the day, right? Like she's been writing a lot more than people I feel like realize. Um, But I'd read her like back then. And when I was like earlier into my like reading more journey that I like when I actually started back reading during college and I was like, yeah, this is fun. But like, it was fun in that way of like, yeah, you just kind of like don't want to put the book down because it's a roller coaster ride. And then I just left all three of these like, wow, I feel emotionally abused. at the end of this because that's what she does to you as a reader like she basically just emotionally abuses the reader so by the end you're like oh oh thank goodness they're together it's over (laughs) it's over i loved it it's over now i don't want to read this anymore uh but yeah those were all like one to one and a half star reads i think for me overall so it was a fun time it was it was torturous i the relief I felt that we had no new Colleen Hoover's this year was immense.
1: Well, if we're doing books that it was not our decision to read. <clears throat> Slave to Sensation by Nalini Singh.
0: <laughs> How did that go? I- How dare you?
1: We knew that was going to be a toss up for you, though. <laughs> not not good. <laughs> Didn't go good. <laughs> Uh, I'm clearly not the target audience for that book, or books, plural, probably. <laughs> um, yeah, it was Insta lust and, like, really, you know, I know a lot of books do, this is not the only one, but the, like, extremely debunked and outdated ideas of, like, wolf pack, like, you know, alpha, omega, oh. stupidity. And the whole, like, he has a wild animal in him and it makes him wild. And it's, like, wild animals don't randomly do stuff because they feel emotional. Humans do that. So, like, don't be telling me, oh, it's a connection to the wild. Bee. No, it's, it's fucking not. Humans do that. But, um, yeah, and they just had, like, I said it was lust. There's, like, nothing. Like, they meet and suddenly it's all just, like. Suddenly, it's all like this. Like, I mean, it's called slave to sensation, so it's just suddenly all the sensations they desire to feel with each other when you met yesterday have nothing in common and have barely spoken. I just Why? <laughs> I mean, it's not my favorite of the series, but like, no, I, same. It's fair. I did say there was like I mean- a lot of fluids, and um, and Mara was like, "Well, they're faded mates," and like that's why. And someone in chat was like, "Faded fluids," and I was like, "Yes, <laughs> faded fluids is what this is." Oh, that book does not have a lot of fluids. I've read books with more fluids i mean so have i thanks tomorrow again <laughs> oh, yeah. i feel like she we should have had-
0: that's right because we read that like the did oh, you read morning glory milking farm yes yes <laughs> that was going to be
1: suggested
0: if you really morning want to go morning heavy milking on the Form. fluids
1: i liked morning glory milking farm better than slave to Yeah, i
0: wouldn't have expected that to be honest i think i'm proud of you oh, I, do- I mean i do think it's better relationship development in oh, that's not why. Like, it's
1: just because it's like campy and like oh, self-aware yeah. that it's. Ridiculous. It is very campy. Whereas yeah. *Slave Sensation* is like, <sighs> I'm just like, it's oh. very of its time. It is. And if you <laughs> if you aren't entrenched
0: in the yeah. genre of romance, I feel like similar to reading other genres too, that are older books. Sometimes, like you can tell when they're very like of a time, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Very and I think that's part of the *Slave to Sensation*. Yeah. That was that was a big part of the big paranormal boom. And let me tell you there's some weird things that happened during that that led us to morning glory milking farm now today. So, you know, it's a good thing and a bad thing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. All right. Well, should we pivot to our best of the year? Yeah. I mean, unless we have more fluid mates, I'm gonna use that in a video. You one mean faded fluids? Faded fluids. <laughs> Whatever. I am using that in a video one day. I'm gonna tag you. It'll be me talking about the most bonkers romances. Why am I tagged in this? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> We're giving you credit for your give yeah, you the-, you the
1: like the title card that's like built into all Apple software with the like mm-hmm. purple sparkles. You know, mm-hmm. faded fluids.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. There you go. All right. Um, I brought my top five favorites. Do you want to do? Yes, sounds good. I I don't know. I've got a. I've got I've got lots of lists that I cool. just copied into a document. So okay. Well, I have one that's a romance, and that's Role Playing by Kathy Yardley. I actually have these ones because I liked them. <laughs> so. This does not refer to the bedroom. It refers to the fact that they meet playing an online RPG video game, sort of like World of Warcraft type thing. <clears throat> so it's like an older older couple, geeky romance. She's in her late 40s. He's like 50. Uh, also, he's bi and demisexual, which I think is cool. You don't get that with heroes a lot. And I just thought this was super nerdy and sweet and slow burn, funny romance. I loved it. It was great also on my favorites list it's so good i feel like almost everybody that i've pushed this on has loved it also so i don't have a lot of friends who've read it and didn't like it so i'm with you on that it's so good really good it's yeah that was a good one so
1: would you like to have a friend who's read it and didn't like it because i'm sure i can make that dream come true (laughs) no no it's not your genre. It's
0: fine. <laughs> Don't torture yourself. You're not the person I would push it on. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Oh man. Okay. Uh what am I gonna pick? I picked so many. Uh okay. Bonded by Thorns, uh by Elizabeth Helen. This is a sister writing duo and it is Beauty and the Beast fairy court inspired situation. Why choose? uh i have been obsessed with this series i devoured this is a book that's long and i was like this is fine that it's long i'm having a good time polar opposite of the contemporaries that have been torturing me uh but this follows a girl who ends up going through the portal kind of situation into this castle where there's the four princes of the different uh seasons and of course like the one so that's, you like, read most-
1: a court of thorns and roses that got reskinned no no because it's <laughs> not the same at all
0: having read that this is not the same but she ends up there and they of course like we're watching the slow development of her like mating with all four of them into like this delightful steamy why choose situation that is really fun um yeah it, it really surprised i didn't expect to like it as much as i did when i read it like it was one of those ones I picked up on a whim and left it like sold and within a month the next book came out and i devoured it so if you want a Beauty and the Beast. Ask why choose. Go for it. And pretty steamy, but also still a slow burn. It's a weird mix of both, which is kind of nice.
1: Cool. Oh shoot. <clears throat> um. I liked books. Um, this is when you go. Yeah, A Court of Thorns and Roses. <laughs> okay. Favorite of the year. A Court of Thorns and Roses. <laughs> that sounds right. Um. I mean, the one of like my like, surprise favorites was demon voices by philip pullman which i'd had for a while and like that's why i put it on my like priorities project to like make make it a priority to read it um but it's not it's selected non-fiction which is like never the kind of book at least for me that it's like oh must read immediately super in the mood it's like i bet this is good at some point i will read this <laughs> Um, which is the same thing that happened with The View from the Cheap Seats by Neil Gaiman, which, like, when I finally got around to it, I was like, oh my god, this might be like my favorite Gaiman book. Like, why did I take so long to read this? I mean, I know why because it's selected nonfiction, which never sounds exciting. It's like, yeah. I'm sure it's good, but like, <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, Demon Voices is a lot like View from the Cheap Seats by Neil Gaiman, where it's a selected nonfiction and also yeah. like really, really good. <laughs> um, it just like is really, I think, um, I mean, it's yeah. enjoyable to read because just Philip Pullman's like an engaging, he's a, a lecturer at Oxford. So he's like good at like presenting topics that aren't like a fiction story in a way that's like engaging. But um, I just think he has a lot of, he has a lot of interesting perspectives that he's offering, you know, of course his conclusions, mm-hmm. but just the way that he brings up these topics, I think it might be because he's a lecturer. So like when part of going to class is like learning what the professor thinks so you can like put it uh, regurgitated back to them and, and pass your class but like it's also like a good professor is supposed to be trying to get you to come up with your ideas and be like what do you think about this topic so I feel like a lot of demon voices is like whether or not you agree with Philip Pullman's conclusions on a lot of these topics it's still like a really engaging experience to read it and to be like well what do I think about this or I hadn't thought of it in that way so now that I am thinking of it in that way what do I think about that <laughs> or things like that it's about how do you approach writing? How do you approach reading? How it's like storytelling in general works children's lit versus adult lit the speculative, like the idea of speculative fiction, like what is that? What should it be? What can it be? What do people think it has to be? There's just like a lot. I mean, and he covers like philosophy and religion and its place in fiction. Does it have a place in fiction? What was his point with his dark materials if he had a point at all? Um. So there's just like a lot of stuff in there that it was just like, a feast for thought because i was just like the whole time reading it i was just like oh yeah and oh yeah and like hmm what do i think about those like i don't know if i think that but yeah super interesting like the whole time awesome highly recommend and the audiobook's read by philip pullman so it's kind of like i would imagine like sitting in lecture in a class of his like hearing him talk that's cool
0: i didn't know he was a lecturer that's interesting cool Okay, well, my next one is *Their Vicious Games by Joelle Wellington. This was like the book that I couldn't stop thinking about all, all year long. It's a YA debut that's like um, a social satire thriller that's sort of like Squid Game meets The Bachelor. And it's great. It goes pretty like farther than I think I expected it to go, especially for a YA book, but in the best possible way, like it's very violent, but in a satirical sort of way. Um, And it follows this uh, black girl who, because of reasons, has lost her admission to Yale, I think, and she wants to get it back. And so she enters this competition with these super wealthy, privileged girls and things get very dark it's, it's great I loved it um and I'm excited to get more from this author too I thought it was a really really good debut and I think when I first re- read it I was like oh this was great I really loved it and then I just kept like thinking about it and thinking about it and yeah, it really I had good. the exact same experience with it and it's also on my list so I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna share it here now it's fine um but I yeah same thing I was like this is really good and then I've just like kept the more I think on it the more I'm just like wait what that was wildly good yeah I'm excited for her next book next year I know, me too. <laughs> yeah she's got one coming yeah this year like blondes die first I think yeah the yeah. cover was really cool too so I was excited mm-hmm. when I saw it uh mine my next one will be only for the week by Natasha Bishop this is another Kindle Unlimited romance this is a black romance uh this blew my mind because I kept seeing it recommended and I always get nervous when I'm like okay but a lot of people I know are liking this book what if I hate it I don't want to be the sole hater of this book but it was so good we follow Janelle who like goes to Tulum for two weeks her sister's getting married and her sister's marrying her ex that she was only with for a little bit. And there's a lot of, like, tension around this in the family and stuff, of course. Like, oh, you should be more upset. And she, like, doesn't care. And his best friend is um, coming to, who she, like, never spent time with, Rome. And he's like, use me as your stress ball for the week. And we just follow their, like, really spicy adventures throughout, like, the trip and, like, kind of hiding that they're hooking up. But he also is, like taking care of her in the sweetest ways when she's like overwhelmed from the wedding stuff and like this the, the dumb drama happening and it was just like so good and the the development of their relationship worked like perfectly and like made so much sense and like I cried at the end of it. and I don't cry at books but the end made me tear up a little like when they had their like happily ever after ending stuff happen but it just like hit the spot where you're just like this is so good yeah it paid off. I was like, thank goodness. Because I was so nervous. But yeah, it was like one of my favorite Black romances I read last year.
1: Awesome. Well, there was a, I guess, I don't think you would shelve it in romance. I don't think it is shelved in romance, but it certainly has romance in it prominently that I liked. Made my best of the year. It's possible. If you heard it here. Um, I don't know if I believe that. this. <laughs> <laughs> I said I wouldn't be shelved in romance, but Okay, okay. Starling House by Alex E Harrow or yeah Alex Harrow. yeah um, which I kind of like when I try to talk people into reading it, I'm like, if you like the Raven cycle by Maggie seawater, it's yes. like the Raven cycle for grown-ups. Yes, it is that's a good. Yeah. And I love the Raven cycle and not I mean like the the story and the type of like magical realism that's present in it is like similar to both. Um, but I also think that just the writing style is quite similar without being like identical. Um, there's you know this kind of like whimsical metaphorical um, like there's like I feel like magical realism is more usually like the word for like describing the what is happening in a story right but there's like a magical realism to the prose itself for both authors where it's like these words like they don't actually like mean how you're using them but I know what you mean and like that is a perfect way to say this thing that those words were not designed to say (laughs) so like I just love the way they both play with language and create these kind of really like vivid imaginative stories by having this like artful use of language. So I just devoured Starling house.
0: Yeah. That was a really good one. And it does have a prominent romance. So I feel like, yeah, that works. I can do it. (laughs) You can, you can. It's gotta be the right one. Um, Okay. My next one uh disclosure this is by a mutual but it's still on my favorites list so uh delicious monsters by Lizelle Sambury. this is like an older YA horror novel set in Canada that's got a dual timeline um and uh, like a creepy house and a Missing black girl from the past and a current girl who's so we have like two timelines: the past timeline and the present timeline, which is a girl with a podcast who's like investigating what happened. And I I just thought this was amazingly well written. It goes pretty hard with the horror, especially for YA. It's got body horror and just a lot of disturbing atmosphere. But then it's also tackling big issues in a way that I think works really well things of like generational trauma and surviving abuse and what that looks like but then doing it through horror and I, I thought it was fantastic so that was a favorite and one where like I don't usually want a super long horror book this is almost 500 pages long but it earns it I feel like it it it's okay for it to be as that long, as long. Seem long for but I feel like if it if it works yeah but i think with the two timelines like it it's such a satisfying conclusion and it comes together really well so yeah i love a podcast like following a crime slash something that happened like dual timeline yeah that's always been interesting when it when i've read them before uh, all okay, right we're gonna pivot to manga i'm gonna give a manga this time because why okay. not um i'm gonna say my happy marriage which just had an anime drop this year also but This was a surprise for me. I had picked up a couple volumes and hadn't read it yet and I finally like picked it up and I was like oh you are so dumb. (laughs) You put this off because I enjoyed it so much. This is set in like I think 20s-ish maybe 40s. I don't know like kind of historical-ish setting with a mix of paranormal elements. So there's kind of like ghosts or ghouls and it's also Cinderella inspired. So our heroine has been, like, rejected by her family because she doesn't have the magical abilities they wanted her to inherit from, like, there's, like, particular, like, family marriage, like, arrangement. Um, So her dad, her mom dies, and her dad remarries Cinderella stuff, obviously. So she's treated, like, awful by the stepmom and her stepsister. And they're, like, yeah, we're gonna send you off to marry this guy who, like, doesn't keep any of the women he's supposed to marry and, like, ends up not marrying them, basically. Um, But not in a way that, like, damages them, but just as like, I'm not going to marry that person. They're too. They're seeking money or whatever from his like name, his family name, and she goes there and like it's their just really really slow relationship building and like just this preciousness like of her like discovering who she is when she's not being like beat down. Mm-hmm. Um, And then the magical elements and like that paranormal stuff was really fun to watch like mix in. To at all but yeah it, it's one that I've devoured like all four volumes that came out last year and just like cannot wait for more so it's been really good and there is a light novel and obviously also the anime so it's like you literally can read like the story three different ways if you wanted that to like good. enjoy it in various
1: formats well I finally finished the Greenbone Saga in 2023 Jade Legacy people didn't lie It was great. It's quite quite an ending. My one complaint if I have a complaint about Jade Legacy is that um, as it spans such a long period of time then there's quite a lot of like time jumps. Um, So like the pacing is like hurt a little bit by that because we like kind of have to keep skipping over stuff to like move along to like to get to the end of where this is all gonna wrap up. So like in my perfect world I would have been quite happy to have the greenbone sock up before books to like give a little more breathing room to like all the events of Jade Legacy but like if the requirement is that you wrap up the story in one book then I think Jade Legacy like handled having to like cover all that ground in one book as well as you possibly could do that Ooh. in one book I just think it would have benefited from being split but if you can't split it then you did a great job doing this amount of time um there was just like times when like, you know, some like really like huge thing would happen and like, you know, but the thing has like finished happening. So you're like, there's not, it's not ongoing. So it's like, it's finished, but it's like a a status quo changing paradigm shifting thing that's just occurred. Um, And then like the next chapter is like five years later. And you're like, so like, by the way, the way that we like recovered from that thing happening back then was like, this is how we've since recovered from that. It's like, but we didn't like see the aftermath of like rebuild from whatever the thing was. It's just, like, that was what happened with that. Okay, so, like, moving on to now where we are. So, we don't have time for that. We have to keep moving. Um, Whereas, like, previous books, the first two, would tend to, like, show you the aftermath. But here we were, like, no time for that. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) So uh, And, like, it's a really long book. It's the longest of the three. So, like, that happened quite a a few times. Where I was, like, okay, we're moving on. Um, And I feel like the way that people i didn't know any spoilers for what would happen i just saw some people being like crying over jade legacy so i was like over prepared so like i'm not gonna say there's nothing devastating that happens in jade legacy but i was so prepared for it that i was relieved like that i was like oh okay like i mean that was bad don't get me wrong that was bad but like could have been so much worse every time something bad happened i was like i thought this would be way worse (laughs) (laughs) i love when that happens though when you're like okay i'm prepped i'm prepped and then you're like wait
0: what that was it because I feel like
1: I do that all the time I'm like okay I'm ready for this book to make me cry I'm like this book didn't make me cry why was everyone else crying well, I feel I like broken? if I had had no warning I mean I, the series in general has a lot of kind of like intense things that happen, so I would expect like I say, being the final book to have intense things yeah um if I had had zero warning of people being like ah this book um I don't I think I still would have felt mostly the same maybe like may, maybe even slightly more upset by stuff because I wasn't so over prepared Yeah, I just feel like the way that this, it's, it's, you expect this from this type of story. It's not the first book. Like, it's not the first time she's, like, been mean to characters or, like, had, like, quote, unquote, realistically, like, resolved situation where you're, like, yeah, like, they probably would die from that. Like, they didn't magically survive that because they wouldn't. (laughs) So, like... Mm -hmm. I feel like every time the series actually did have somebody survive, I was almost like, oh, I w- just ex- assumed they were dead. So the fact that they're alive, it's like, oh, <laughs> okay. <We're doing> great. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a few times in Jade Legacy where like something like that happens. And I was like, well, this must be it. This must be they're dead now because like everyone's upset. And this seems like, how do you survive that one? Um, and then you're like, oh, we did survive it. So either it gets way worse from here or like, people were just upset because they thought that they were dead, but they're not dead. (laughs) So anyway, it's it's still really, really excellent. Like absolutely. Like I think sticks the landing. And I think like, I feel like a really, really sad book. Like I'll finish it and be like, I know it should end like this, but God, why did it have to end like this? Whereas Jade Legacy, I was like, this isn't, like, a happy ending. It's not like, oh, great, that was so wonderful. But it's, like, it feels right. Like, the way that it ends, I'm like, mm-hmm. this is how it should end. Like, like it wasn't like, like, I that. should end like this. It's like, no, that's, this isn't happy. This is kind of sad. But, like, that's, this is how this should go. Yeah. I guess that. Um.
0: Okay. I feel like this was really a year where I was loving horror books, because, like, all my top three are horror books. <laughs> it's like- um So my next one is *Lone Women* by, by victor Lavelle. This one I actually read twice. I had an early copy of it, and I did a buddy read of it before it came out. And then my patrons picked it as our October book club pick, so I reread it uh, on audio. And it just—it's so good, it's so smart and layered. And it has—it—it's not what you expect. I think, especially reading it the first time, and there's just so much to talk about of like issues he's covering in it. But it's also paced in a way that's unexpected. I feel like when you've read a lot, especially in these genres, you kind of get a sense of like when you expect certain things to happen in a plot. And this book surprises you. It's like he purposefully doesn't do things how and when you expect them to happen. Um, Anyway, I just, I I really loved it a lot. The, I can't talk too much about where it ends up going because it's spoilers, but it begins with this, woman in the early 1900s who's leaving behind her brutally killed parents we don't know how they were killed but they were and she's emigrating to the wilds of montana with this big heavy trunk and every time the trunk is open people seem to die but we don't know what's going on with it and it's like kind of starts there and so i i loved this i thought it was so good and yeah read it twice in one year. It says a lot that you read it twice in a year, like happily. Well, I I read it, so I read it the first time in, I think, like end of of January, beginning of February, and then I read it again in October. So there had been quite a while in between reads. Um, But it was fun to read it the second time, because even though I knew it was going to happen, it was interesting to see, like, how he plants the seeds of of things ahead of time, yeah. even though you don't necessarily notice them. I feel like at read a reading Abercrombie is similar in that like there's like if you already know what's going in on. And that you'd you want
1: to read it, it twice in one year can confirm.
0: <laughs> like yeah. that. But also in that like if you know what's what's happened, you can pick up on more of the foreshadowing details or more of the little like the small things that are are there. Um, anyway, it's really good. <laughs> Uh, okay, I've got The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, I was like, did I remember this correctly? Because I feel like I can never remember all their names. Uh, this surprised me. I have been very hesitant into the like cozy romance genre, I guess, category, because I've been, with like witches, I've been very disappointed by most of them. I find a lot of them really bland, to be mm-hmm. honest. And like, I'm okay with a boring book like but it has to have something to make me want to finish it too right like it can't just be boring this for me I think worked so well just because of the found family elements and like the um the the romance was like really sweet and cute and like them like pushing them together like no, no 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 you guys do need to date like that was fun the kids were fun like all of it was just like so fun and entertaining in a way i I don't know. I was was just another one. I went into it like expecting to be like, "Ah, this was fine. And I left it just like, this is so warm. It was like a warm hug of a book (laughs) in the best way possible. And it was exactly what I wanted out of the new popular, like weird witch romances that we've been getting that are not warm hugs. Instead are weird, very weird (laughs) books often. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, Bethany. You read yeah, something. We did a whole thing talking about this. Yeah. I know. We did a whole thing talking about it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I know and I mean, just, yeah. this book, I don't know. I it, it made me so happy. And I still am just okay. like, this is such a cute book. And I want to, I'm excited for her next one to come out. So I don't know. I don't have a ton of, because it's such a cozy book. I don't think there's a lot to say on it either. Mm-hmm. That without spoiling everything about it. Because it is like a quiet book, I guess. I guess I should say quiet, not boring. It's like a quiet book. You're just not like, you know. There's not a ton happening, but there's enough to pull you through. Whereas the other ones are boring.
1: Well, I considered putting this in my like top, like when I did the video. Um, and I didn't ultimately, but like I almost did. Um and that's how to sell a haunted house by Grady Hendrix. Yeah. Which I think is my favorite Grady Hendrix that I've read. Yeah. Um which I don't necessarily think it's the best one that I've read of his like in any way, objectively, whatever that means. Um, It just like really personally like hits for me because like at the center of everything is a brother-sister dynamic. Like that's who the main character is like or the the main character is like she has a brother. But like the main like relationship that like is at the center of all the drama and everything that's going on and the book is a brother sister and like my brother and I get along way better than the brother and sister <laughs> that are in that book but there's still like I feel like people who have like a, a you know brother sister relationship where like they're pretty close in age um I think there's there's A lot of people would like whether or not your relationship resembles their relationship. There's still like the way the parents treat a brother versus a sister, the way that the brother and the sister themselves project onto how the parents are treating them or what the one is getting versus what the other one is getting and how that can fester and like how it takes kind of like years or like actually speaking out loud um, how you've been feeling about this to like fix it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, with a lot of, like, kind of, like, speculative, spooky, haunted horror stories, excuse me, I'll, I'll often feel like that part of it wasn't thought through and was kind of cobbled together. And it's, like, what was the point of that? And, like, there's, it's not, like, a magic system you can unpack, but there was, it was kind of, like, just there to be spooky or something. Whereas with that one, with How to Sell a Haunted House, I felt like the, the spooky, speculative part of it was a really good, like, uh metaphor for the like real the emotional stuff that the book was ultimately actually tackling so yeah. i just think like it was really well thought through and thematically on point throughout in a way that really resonated specifically with me because i am like a sister with a brother that i am quite close with we weren't always very close and you know even though we're close now it's not like we never have any kind of like drama or or uh, talking about like how we grew up or how our parents might have treated us differently or still treat us differently um and i just found that like it he captured that really well and it like really resonated.
0: Mm. It's a good one. I liked that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So my favorite this year was um, maybe by a a, a less expected (laughs) author, um, Camp Damascus by Chuck Tingle, who kind of made a name for himself writing this kind of strange erotica. (laughs) (laughs) like dinosaurs and a treasure he's a treasure he's a treasure it's delightful but um this is his first traditionally published horror novel and i loved it i mean i think part of it is it was really personally connected for me a lot it's about a um like a what, what's what's the word? Like a pray the gay away type camp. It's a horror novel set around that. And so it's dealing a lot with American evangelical Christianity and some of the issues with it and just doing some really smart things. And there's so many little as a former evangelical, there's so many tiny details in this book that clearly you know, like you have to know a lot about what it's like growing up in those circles to get those details right. And and I also just thought it was really a smart in the way it was subverting some things. I don't know, this hit me harder than I was expecting to it, it to, and I loved it. I thought it was very, very good. Again, I don't want to spoil what it does, but I, this was my favorite thing this year. Like how you're like definitively my favorite. I was like, yeah, here's a list of twelve romance books I loved, and we're just gonna roll with it because I can't, I can't rank anything. I don't know. I didn't have the, I don't have the brain power to rank anything. That's part of it. Um, I'm gonna do Forget Me Not by Julie Soto, which was a debut this year in the romance genre. Um, I read, I finished that book and was ready to reread it immediately, which I don't, I don't do do that. I I rarely reread a thing. Unless it's for podcasts, basically, like I feel like is most of my rereading. Um, and for me, this just surprised me because I I will always pick up the Raylo books because I'm just, I'm always curious. What, it, what did we take here and did it work or not? And often it doesn't work. And sometimes it does work. It just varies. Uh, I'm just always intrigued by the like concept of taking fanfic to publish. And Julie is like a fanfic writer. I do believe this was formerly fic as well. And was adapted, but it's told in a dual timeline, which I really enjoy. So Elliot, our hero, is telling the story of the past. And our heroine, Emma, is telling the story of, like, current day. So, like, it's kind of neat seeing both stories, like, collide together in a way that tells their journey of this, like, second chance romance all around planning a wedding, which also not my favorite kind of setting at all. Like, I'm usually, like, you'd be like, it's planned, you know, they're planning a wedding or whatever. And I'm like, okay. And I don't care. Like that sounds terrible. <laughs> sounds like a terrible place to fall in love. That's a lot of stress. Why would you do that? Uh, but he's a florist. She's a wedding planner that just like went out on her own. And it's just this really sweet, but also engaging romance that just surprised me at the end of the day for the year. It just, I don't know. I don't know what I expected from it, but I got way more than I expected out of it. So it was a win.
1: I need to have another one. Last one. <laughs> You've had time um, to prepare. Okay. A book that surprised me by how good it was. Okay. Uh, on theme um, <laughs> is Winter Spirits, The Winter Spirits. Ghostly Tales for Frosty Nights. It's over there. He couldn't tell. Oh. <laughs> um, which is an anthology. Um, those are always like. Well, there's probably, Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, sketch comedy. It's like, well, Mm -hmm. for every one good sketch, there's 50 (laughs) bad ones. Um, And I only found it slash picked it up because, like, I was looking for Bridget Collins books because I liked The Binding and The Betrayals. And I was like, oh, is there more by her? And she was one of the contributing authors for this. So, like, that's why it popped up when I searched. And I was like, oh, what's this? Um, And I wouldn't have gotten a whole anthology for her to be one story in it. So I was like, who else contributed to this? And it's like yeah. Catriona Ward and Stuart Turton and Kieran Millwood Hargrave. And there was like a few names there. I didn't, some of them I didn't recognize, but there was enough that I did that I was like, Oh, okay, this might be good. Um, so I read it on Christmas. Cause it's supposed to be like the oldie tradition of actually telling ghost stories at Christmas, which um, we need to bring that back. That's what you celebrate Christmas. Um, so each story is like in some way related to like the winter, like christmas season whatever but Mm -hmm. like none of the stories are really like about christmas they just kind of like happen to take place around them like one or two of the stories like are genuinely like christmasy where Mm -hmm. it's like the and what is happening is specifically to do with christmas um for the most part they're not it's like that's when it's happening or like there's vaguely like the family is together because it's christmas so like that's why we're all here but that's not what it's about um But really, the only weak story in the whole collection was Bridget Collins' story. So, like, she led me to it, which I'm grateful for. Her story sucked. But, like, all the other stories were, like, they weren't, like, all equally good, but they were all good. Like, every time I finished a story, I was like, dang, that was good, too. Dang, that was good, too. And some of them were really good. So, I was like, wow, to have an anthology where every single one basically was, like, a banger, I was like wow okay well that feels rare that's great yeah
0: yeah amazing okay well that concludes (laughs) our final episode i guess um thank you all so much for watching and listening throughout the last few years and um yeah we'll still we're still on all of our individual channels making content and we'll probably still collaborate on stuff um but this is the last episode of chapter three podcast for i thought we all
1: agreed to delete our channels after this is that not?
0: oh yeah we're all leaving the internet we're no longer no no we're not supposed to announce it we're supposed to just vanish Right. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yeah. Okay. Why are you giving it it away that? Pretend I no, scare either. everyone. You have to scare everyone by just vanishing. Come on now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, everybody. And, again, we do have one final bonus content coming for patrons where Izzy and Leanna are going to school me on something I missed in December that apparently I, everybody should have known about. Mm-hmm. I
1: guess something's wrong with my... I should have known about does and did know (laughs) about it's like blame my
0: algorithm that's of what it's feeding to me i guess but anyway thank you everybody have a wonderful weekend and we will see you elsewhere bye bye